Welcome to Innovation Alchemy with the Adams. We're your hosts, Adam Fry. And I'm Castle. And we're here to bring you the transformational tools that you need to bring your ideas into impact. Here's the thing, folks. We could not be more excited to bring you everything we've learned from our own entrepreneurial journeys to working with over 400 companies of all sizes, from side hustles to unicorns. All right. Well, on today's podcast, it's part one of a three-part series where we're going to be talking about how to, we're going to give actually, we're going to give you a roadmap, aren't we? We are going to give give you a roadmap. The roadmap through this three-part series on how to grow your business. And how are we going to do that? Well, today we discussed dispelling the myths of what entrepreneurship is like, followed up with tangible tools you can use to turn your idea, the one in your head, into a real business. This is for you folks out there. This podcast is for you folks out there that have ideas in your head right now and you have no idea how to get started. Absolutely. If you're thinking, what the heck do I do first? This podcast is for you. We've got you. We know exactly what you should do first. And it's telling someone else about your idea. (laughs) Enjoy. All right, Adam. So today we're diving into the people that have ideas in their head that want to turn them into companies. It's this concept of going from zero to one. I've got this idea. I'd love to try it out, but we hear this all the time. What do I do to start? What the heck do I do to get started on this? Right? Absolutely. I love this topic because really everyone starts at this point. How do I turn it into something? How do I take my idea and make it a reality. And that's something I think we've done uh, a really good job at creating these systems for people to be able to do that here at WeTech and and really excited to sort of share those out. So um, let's dive into sort of the myths. And and the first one that I hear the most of from our Spark clients is that entrepreneurs, uh, you know, I was born to be this entrepreneur. I I have this in my blood. Um, And I think why that's a fallacy is because it's something that can be taught. Um, And it's something that that has to be taught over, over time. It's not something that people are good at right away. And I think that's why you see a lot of people, um, you know, that come through with these massive successes, having done this process a few times, it takes iteration, uh, not just on one idea, but on on many. Yeah, it's easy to look at it, right? It's easy to see all the successes across whenever you go on Google, you can see anything when you're Googling how to do how to be an entrepreneur, you see all these successes everywhere. But I think what we've really been able to drill down into is if you're trying to become an entrepreneur for the first time, here are the first baby steps to figure out if this is actually for you, like psychologically, yeah. emotionally, financially, like, is this something you can actually handle? And it's not about a certain personality type. We have introverts come through our door every day that are incredible entrepreneurs, right? It's just a matter of figuring out what your gaps are, filling them with the right people, getting the team around you, getting the support structure, and then being okay with understanding that it might not work. Oh, for right? sure. I think what I found, and, and you know, as you research this, is that Uh, this idea of like the sexy entrepreneur is something that's only come about in the last little bit, right? It really came around with that uh, dot-com era where these people that, you know, maybe didn't have good business sense had amazing ability to create products and all of a sudden they're rock stars. Well, if you look back at, you know, generations past, my grandfather was a serial entrepreneur. Uh, He was a fisherman. He was a purser on a boat. He owned his own company, um, owned a pool hall. He never considered himself an entrepreneur. He just thought he was providing for his family. And, and I think that where we've gone maybe a little astray is that we've led these people to believe that entrepreneurship is super sexy and super amazing and cutting edge. When really it's it's a lot of long nights. It's a lot of long hours. It takes a lot of work. Um, and that's not to say it's not for people. I think that uh, as an entrepreneur myself, I've had such a great experience 
owning my own business and, and having that experience. Um, but I think there's some things to take a look at that we can dive in here that, that sort of dispel some of the, the commonalities that people think are uh, yeah. tied in here. So, so myth number one, entrepreneurs are born, not made, dispelled. If you, number- if you have an idea, if you think that you have something that can be transformational or even something that's simple that you really want to try and explore and you don't think you've quote unquote got what it takes to be an entrepreneur, that's just not true. There's support structures out there. It's a system. There are things that you can do. Step one, two, three, four, and five. We can test out your ideas. We can get things started. You don't have to be born an entrepreneur to have a successful business. 100%. So myth number two, it takes a lot of money to start a business. This is one we get all the time. Drives us insane. (laughs) I've got the best idea. I just need a million dollars to make it happen. Please don't come into WeTech and say, I've got a game-changing idea if only I had a million dollars. That is not something we can help you with. Funding is not your problem if you have an idea and you're looking to test it. That's right. So from the very beginning, um, what a lot of people say around this myth is, I need $5,000 because I, I need to build my website, I need to build my product, I need to do all these different things in order to get started. And what we wanna make sure people understand is there are a lot of steps before that. There's a lot of elements of discovery, there's a lot of elements of planning, there's a lot of elements where you actually have to go out and talk to people to understand if what you've got and the idea you have in your head can actually work in reality. And like this is something that people miss a lot. You don't need $10,000 or a million dollars to start your business. You might need 10 to go and build the landing page and figure out whether you can get people there, right? 100%. I think you know a lot of people see these giant companies. Google didn't start as Google. It, it started as an experiment. Uh, and what we're going to get into in segment two is, is how do you do these things? How do you actually build these experiments? So testing out your ideas in a way that doesn't break your bank. It doesn't mean you have to quit your job right away uh, and sell the house. It's something that's really sustainable, and, and we want to teach that to you today. So myth number three, you need a business plan to succeed. This one is one that Adam Castle and I, maybe we're, maybe we're on the wrong side of this thing. I'll Stop. tell you. It's an we, unpopular we opinion, be, I'll tell you that much. could be on the wrong side of this, but we do not believe in business plans for startups, folks. No, it just, just doesn't don't. make sense. If you're going to create a document that's 90 pages, it takes you three months to do, and the minute you're finished it, it's no longer valid. What's the point? We see this all the time. The point, the point of the business plan is to think through structured, how you're going to do this, how you're going to approach things. And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of merit in the logic of how you might do something. All we're saying is if you're spending five to 10 hours building a business plan, I promise you the first thing that Adam and I are going to ask you to do when you come in and meet with WeTech is to test the assumptions you've got in that plan. And you're going to break it in the first week. If you have an idea in your head and you're trying to turn it into reality, we have some tools for you that are going to help you do that without spending all this time planning. We always say this. This is one of our mantras here at WeTech. Action is greater than more planning. It's about doing in the early stages. It's about learning, understanding, running experiments. It's not about sitting down and spending 10 to 15 hours actually going through this business planning. And here's how we know we're not crazy. Banks, the Business Development Bank of Canada, there's other funding partners that are now accepting entrepreneurs, tech entrepreneurs, and that's that's a really clear piece. If you want to go and create a bakery, if you want to go out and start a, a brick and mortar location, business plans are going to be your friend because banks need them in order to give you funding, in order to Makes give sense. you financing. Yep. Fine. But if you're inventing something, if you're creating some sort of innovation, it has to be iterative in order to be uh, relevant. Uh, even, even in the second 
Um, second time you iterate it, your MVP has to be um, fluid because mm -hmm. things change, right? And technology, what's so great about it is that it meets people's needs almost in real time. Mm -hmm. And so as you're creating these things, um, what we're seeing now is that funding partners are actually looking at entrepreneurs based on their idea. They'll look at IP as a, as a marker of financial stability. So even the, the powers that be that are going to lend you this money, they're starting to look at these alternate ways to fund as well. Um, and I think that's a big sort of marker for why we can get away from this as tech companies building with this giant business plan in mind. That has to come. All of the planning has to come. We're not saying that that's, uh, you know, eliminate that from the process. We're saying that's not step one. Well, and that's, and that's, I think, the really clear point. Right now, we're talking about folks that have ideas trying to turn them into the starter business, right? So you're sitting at work, you've got this thing in your head for a while and you're like, man, if I could only just get this thing started, you don't need to sit down and build this really long business plan. There are a lot of tools and again, in our next Alchemy segment, we're gonna get through what are those tools and how does it work? But myth number three is you don't need a business or you need a business plan to succeed and we're telling you, you don't actually. It's not. I know. Don't contrarian, do it. Contrarian don't points. Don't do it. Contrarian points. All right, on to myth number four, which I touched on just a little bit, but it's a sexy journey. Entrepreneurship is sexy. It's not true. It's not. I beg to differ. Absol it's absolutely not. I'm not a sexy man. I was an entrepreneur. <laughs> Again, I beg to differ. I absolutely beg to differ there. Well, go on. Yeah, go on. Do tell. But no, I, I would say the, the thing that people don't realize the most is there are a lot of incredibly long hours. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, psychological barriers that come with this. It's all well and good and, and I give startups all the credit in the world. You have to put your best foot out there. You have to put your best brand image out there. But what's going on behind the scenes is a lot of, I worked nine to five, I came home and I worked five to nine, right? Or I worked five to midnight just to get this thing off the ground to yeah. figure out how it's gonna work. And then when you finally do and you do take that leap and honestly, it's the best thing for Adam and I when people do take that leap, we absolutely love it. You leave the job, you start the startup. It's not all roses. It's no. just not. No, it's hard. It's a long road. And so here's another unpopular opinion. Um, someone very famous uh, who his name kind of rhymes with Mary P. And he has this opinion that you have to constantly be crushing it. Always be crushing it. Always be <laughs> grinding. It's not true. And what's really true is that the grind is not going to be as, as sensationalized as people make it sound. And I think that there's this really, um, really toxic sort of piece of um, uh, notion or paradigm out there that as an entrepreneur, if you're not always grinding, if you're not constantly reaching for that next goal, if you're not making yourself sick by working so hard, then you're not going to make it as a business owner. And that's not true either. There's ways to, you know, you do have to sprint. You do have to get into things and really dive in with your whole heart. However, as you're building that, as you're getting to that customer one position, you can do it so that it's measured, so you're not losing your family and your sleep and your friends over this idea, right? Well, and we call, them, we call them systems of scale for a reason, right? Exactly. We build these back-end processes into what you're doing, into your journey from the very beginning, so that when you get to customer one, 100, 1,000, 10,000, fundamentally your company is going to change and, and a lot of the systems are going to break, but you're going to understand how to build them back up in a really healthy way. But I think to your point is, when you're, if you're always hustling and you're always grinding, it, it can really, really wear on you. So 
Just remember that as you go through and build these support structures, understand the gaps in your organization, or not even organization, in the idea that you're trying to build yeah, and exactly. turn into an organization at this point. It's not always going to be, oh, I've sold, right? There's a lot of yeah. times where you're, you're going to be at a point where we didn't have sales for a month. What are we going to do? We're going to make some hard How, how do we weather points. that storm, right? Uh, I think it all comes down to this one thing. This is something that you told me within the first week of me working here at WeTech, and you said you need to get the entrepreneurs to think about working on their business instead of working in their business. And that's so important, and we're going to uncover why that matters as we go through this process of this podcast and what we want to describe and teach you guys. But really, the most important part here is if you're constantly working in something, you have no ability to work on the idea. You have no ability to approve and to grow. And that's really important as an entrepreneur. You need that in order to survive. Yeah, it's a, and it's a quantum shift in thinking, right? Because for so long, uh, entrepreneurs who are getting stuff off the ground, or if you're going to take this idea and turn it into something, you have to work in it. You you have to be nine to five, like constantly working inside of this and trying to figure out how to make this work. But it's, it's really great when our entrepreneurs take that to heart and they, they actually see the value of spending two hours a week, right? Outside of the grind saying like, okay, what are the systems we have in place here? How can we make this more scalable? How do we make this better? How do we make the customer experience more robust? It, it's honestly quantum. It's so, so very important. So that's myth number four. It's a sexy journey. And I know that there's, it might be a little bit counterintuitive, but we want to make sure you know what it's like when we're going through this thing. It's not always a sexy journey. All right. Our final myth for all of you today, myth number five, you have to be young and restless to be an entrepreneur. This is a great one. Uh, in one of my first couple of months here at WeTech, we had uh, we have a, a fantastic company out in, uh, out in Kingsville. Um, old Dutch guys chocolate shout out to old Dutch guys chocolate and these gents had been entrepreneurs their entire lives they met each other at just a networking event around Kingsville decided they wanted to dive back into the journey and figure out how to make chocolate one of them is uh, is able to do carvings wood carvings so they have these beautiful chocolate pieces of birds oh, and sure. coins but they went through this step-by-step journey that we're taking everyone through and they're absolutely crushing it. This isn't something where you have to be in school to do this. You don't have to be 18 or 19 or 20 even to start a company and go. In fact, we're seeing the research now come out. The most successful companies, the ones that get the biggest, are run by 40-year-olds. They're started and founded by folks between 38 and 42. So keep in mind, this isn't necessarily a young person's game. No, I would argue that it's 100% not a young person's game. What I would say is that when you're young is when you try these experiments out. That's right. This is the perfect testing ground because there's less at stake. You often won't have a house. You don't have a family. So there's not as much sort of in the air for you to lose when you when things go badly. And, and often they do. And, and why they go badly is because we need to learn from things. Yeah. We have to improve on them. And so I think when you're young and having these ideas is, is fantastic. And it's not to say don't go after things. But there's less young. risk. There's so much less risk. There's less risk to do it. But that life experience that comes, and I can't believe that I'm now 32 years old and, and preaching. <laughs> Going about, on 50. Yeah, preaching about <laughs> life experience to people. But I do see the value in, in knowing how systems work, how people work, having that sort of perspective on things that's a little bit higher up that time gives you to say, okay, how is this going to work? How can I actually make this happen? What's a realistic way for me to turn this into reality? Well, and, and even more tangibly, 
I think about this a lot. One of one of the reasons I think this happens and doing some work in the uh, corporate innovation space that we've been working in the last couple of years, you begin to realize that as you live through the challenges of your day-to-day job, you realize that you're not the only one with those challenges. Yeah, and if you could only one. solve this one part of your day, you would love your job. Or you see how companies are broken from the inside and you're like, we can't be the only company that has this challenge, right? So you you leave and you look at ways of doing this. We have some fantastic entrepreneurs that have done just that. They've been working in the banking space for 30 years, or they've been working in the public school sector for manufacturing, for manufacturing 30 to 40 years, and they go, oh my gosh, I know how to fix this. Because I lived it. Yeah. You have this lived oh, life sure. experience on how to solve something, how to fix it, and it brings a lot of value. Also, you learn how to interact with other human beings. Right? There's this empathy, there's this emotional intelligence that comes with having worked for and with people for a really long time. And so like this myth, this myth number five that you have to be young and restless to be an entrepreneur, I think is one that we are debunking across the board, across 100%. the world. Any age, any culture, any gender, it doesn't matter. You can be an amazing entrepreneur if you work the system. That's right. If you look at it as a science and you apply the rules that we've learned work hundred percent of the time these things can turn around for you that's right so and what we're hoping to do here with going through these five myths is to give you a little bit of insight into some of the challenges and some of the themes that we're hearing from the folks at the very early stages that work with us at here at WeTech that we call our spark clients these folks that have ideas but they're not sure they, they come in with the question where the heck do I start How do and they, they have a lot of these bears and these walls built up in their mind so we we're hoping we wanted to start the podcast with dispelling some of those myths and I think this is a natural point for us let's take a little bit of a break and when we come back we're going to talk about the alchemy of it let's get into the tangible here's the actual tools the techniques here's the things that you can do to take that leap and get started sounds great see you guys after the break This segment brought to you by WeTech Alliance. Believe it or not. Are you ready to take your idea into reality? Do you want to grow your business like never before? Find out how to become a client at wetech-alliance.com today. Time to get started, folks. Let's go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back on Innovation Alchemy. Welcome Welcome back. We're about to get into the alchemy part of Innovation Alchemy, where we actually give you the nuts and bolts of how to do the things we're talking about. Uh, We think it's going to be really, really important to have these tools for you. We know, as we work with businesses and larger companies, that having these tools makes the difference between persevering and pivoting. And I think, too, like this is this is the sort of this is the part that we take we take really seriously. The tangibility of working with people. When you come in and meet with us, you will have accomplished something by the time you left. It's really, really important for us to give you the tangible tools. That was our, I think it was the word of 2018 or whatever. Tangibility. You've got to have something get accomplished. That's what this is all about. What's funny is that every client is going to be listening to this are going to be laughing. The very first thing I say is like, look, I don't want to spend an hour with you and you go away wondering what the hell did I just do (laughs) last time. We want to make sure that when you leave here, you've created something that's going to make your business better or it's adding value for your customers. So with that, how do we take this first step? How do we go from idea to impact? And 
the best way to do that is to really set your true north. And what I mean by that is a positioning statement that, that sort of targets four key things. And these are things that it seems simple because it's a very small statement, but it actually affects everything that you do from here on out, from planning which customers you're gonna go for, the marketing you're gonna use, the sales channels you're gonna go through. And so what that is are, are these four things. So one, your target. Who is the consumer target? What slice of population is the most motivated to buy what you do and why? Your brand, where do you play? Number two, what is the frame of reference that helps to define the space in the marketplace that you compete in? And this one's really important because there's so many products available. There's new products on the market every single day. And even if you're just testing out an idea, how do we make sure that your idea is gonna rise to the top? Number three, where do you win? What promise will you make to the consumer target that says you're doing things better than anybody else? Thinking about the main benefit to your customer is the most important thing here. And finally, why should they believe you? What support points help you to back up your main benefit? Why are they gonna go with you over anything else? And so those things together, we are a company for, we do this for these types of people. This is what we've created as a product. Here's why it's better than everyone else. And finally, here's why you need to believe us. And so this is something that's really important. If you're daydreaming right now at your office, you're listening to us as you're typing furiously and trying to get through your day. And you're saying, I've got this great idea. I'm just not sure where to start. This is a great positioning. The positioning statement's a great place to start because it actually forces you to sit down and say, who am I selling to? What's my brand going to be like? Um, what is the benefit of actually doing this to the person I'm selling it to or doing this for? And then why are they going to buy this for? Like, what is the actual argument? So for here it is. Notebooks out. Write this down. One, target. Two, category. Three, benefit. And four, support points. With those four pillars, when you really think those out, you've got yourself the makings of something really special. Yeah, and so that's that's where we always ask people to start. That's where you where you really want to outline what your organization is or what you think your future organization is going to be. So, let's dive into some of these tangible tools. So How do let's we actually say, do this? So let's say I am client X. Okay, I'm coming in. I'm meeting with the great Adam Castle. I mean, I I booked some time in your calendar, right? I've become a WeTech client. I sit down. <laughs> I sit down with you. And we're going through what? Tell me what happens. Yeah, so the first thing we're gonna do is take a look at how mature your idea is, how far you sort of gone through the process. And what I'm gonna do is assess whether or not you're a great fit for what we call E101. And so as a regional innovation center, we share our resources with a whole bunch of other great regional innovation centers. And there's one in Toronto called Mars. They're a small amount <laughs> bigger than we are, just a smidge. Just but a smidge They bigger. put together a program called E101 that's now the WeTech E101 program as well. And what it does is it really gives you that, so we're talking about developing your true north systems. And so you have your positioning statement, you're gonna get to put together really a one-pager that thinks through all of the different things that you need to consider to make this business happen. So E101 is a five-week course. You get access to it as a Spark client within our portfolio. For free. For absolute free. I connect you with uh, uh, with the code right at the, you know, the minute you leave, I send an email that connects you with this. And it's self-guided. So what we're going to do is pull you through this five-week process. You're going to get the time to really digest what your idea means to you. And what we're going to do is we're going to meet in the middle 
which allows you to sort of ask questions and dig deeper into some of the things that you may have sort of come up with as you're doing this process. And then we're going to meet at the end again to see sort of where we're at and what those next steps are. So some of the really important points here, I think, to cover are if you've got an idea and you want some time and space to think through whether this is something you want to do as a full-time entrepreneur, this E101 course is going to take you through things like customer discovery. Who are my customers and how do I go and talk to them? It's going to take you through things like developing this positioning statement so you understand where you want to go and how it's going to work. And it actually gives you access to some market intelligence as well that we have here at WeTech, which gives you free market intelligence around what other products are out there, what are your customers like, where do they live, how do you access them. And the beauty of the five-week process that we find for folks that are really, really early stage, like you're literally just thinking through an idea, is you get to do this at your own pace. We're not pushing you to go forward. We're not making you, we're not sort of dragging you through the process and making sure you're accountable and da 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 da. This allows you to think things through, talk about it with other folks because E101's a provincial program. So you actually get to go through this as a cohort. So that's a great point. And I think that the next most important point is finding a community. Yeah. Connecting a community that you can, you can really sort of bounce ideas off of and see, you know. What do you guys think? What are yeah. you building on the other side of Ontario uh, that can possibly you know, dovetail into what I'm doing over here? And so finding that community is a big part of this program, um, but so is making sure that the ideas that you put forward are the best out of many. So if you're like most of the entrepreneurs that come to us, you've probably got more than one idea on the table. What this sort of program allows you to do and, and a really good tool that it, that it brings out is what we call the business model canvas. And the business model canvas uh, is something that you can get for free at any point, but they teach you how to use it in this E101 program really effectively. And where it works, as opposed to a full business plan, is it, let you, it lets you test out assumptions uh, in different sort of verticals. So it takes your value proposition, it takes your customers, it takes the relationships that you want to build, it takes your revenue, your revenue. <laughs> it takes your costs, yeah. which is something that no one ever thinks about ahead of time. And it allows you to sort of test those assumptions out in this really safe space, right? It keeps you sort of incubated in this process and allows you to go through the process of, okay, if these are the, the six or seven key things that I think my business is going to do and need in order to start and grow, how do I test them out? And how do I go out into the wild, as we say in the biz, and, and actually make these things happen for real with real customers in front of real people and get their actual feedback because that's the only thing that's going to take this from zero to one. And so what I, what I love a lot about this is it, it really touches on a lot of our myths, right? So myth number one, you need a lot of money to start your startup. No, you don't. You can go through this process with us, which teaches you how to figure out all of the core elements of what you need. One of the other myths we had, you need a business plan to do this. You really don't. You need to be able to actionably test some of the things you're thinking through, you may not know it's an assumption, but I promise you that what you're thinking right now, you're assuming to be true until you actually go and talk to somebody. So maybe this is a really good chance for us to talk about running cheap experiments. That's a great idea. Yeah, so why don't we dive into that? Absolutely, so when you think of building a business, I'm sure everyone remembers playing Jenga as a kid. Nice. And, and when you take a look at what the Business Model Canvas actually does, is it allows you to pull a block out and see what happens to the rest of the business if it, it, it isn't the way you thought it would be. If it's not the same shape and size and color and density that you thought it would be, what does that do to the rest of the assumptions that you've made? Um, and that's really important because oftentimes what you'll find is that one thing affects everything. 
Uh, and it's really the, the sort of the psychology or the, the study of systems that allows entrepreneurs to build effectively. And so how are you going to run these experiments? Well, there's a couple ways to really do that. And, and the first one, I think, is, is to look at easy ways that you can get your product into a channel and figure out whether or not people are going to react to it. Is it enough value that people want to buy it? Or is it is it the enough enough value that you think it is right? Yes, like I mean, it, people may buy it, but it might not be yeah. for what you actually think, oh, which is sure. really really important. So I would say if you're going to start anywhere at all, customer validation is number one. 100%. If you're assuming person A is going to buy your product because of a reason B, you need to actually go talk to person A. Like go find them. Like go out there. Sure. Go sit at the mall as people are leaving the door and bug the hell out of them as you're going through this. Go talk to your friends and family. Go talk to folks that you think would actually buy this and put it in their hands and say, is this something you would do? And so what I would say is that it's never been easier to do this. And this is what makes me so excited is because anyone with an idea can test this out because we've got something, I don't know, maybe you've heard of it. It's called the internet. And what it allows you it's to do is- <laughs> It's taking off. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I heard it's going to be big. But what it allows you to do is find find these people, find these pockets of people that you're going to approach and say, hey, what do you think of this? And so the first step that you should take is create a landing page. And here's, here's a fact that I'm going to throw at you. Most of the products that you see on Instagram that get served to you, they're not real. They're not real. They don't exist yet. They're products sort of fillers for experiments that people are running. Would you buy this? Would you take a look at this? And if so, come on over to my crowdsource product because I need your help making this a real thing. So if I'm if I'm an aspiring entrepreneur, okay, and I'm and you tell me I need to go build a landing page, I'm gonna say to you, Adam, I don't have fifteen hundred dollars to do this. I don't have the time. I don't know how. You know, I'm I'm still trying to figure out a whole bunch of stuff over here that I'm going through with you one on one. Can you can you pop that myth? Like, can you break that bubble? So I would say, come with me to the World Wide Web which again, we're just introducing it here. We know that it's gonna take off. Maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't, that's fine. But there's a lot of websites built specifically around letting people try out their ideas. So Squarespace is a, is a really good one. They've got some built-in stuff that allows you to do a whole lot of e-commerce online. I like Wix for this personally uh, because it allows you to make free landing pages. You don't have to pay uh, drag unless you right? drag super, super easy. The other thing you can do for this, which I really like, is in MailChimp, you can actually create your own landing pages for this. And, and really what you want to do is provide yourself with a space that's high converting. And what we mean by that is it's so easy for people to go in, assess your idea, and all of a sudden they've given you your, their email address. They want to know what happens with this product because they're somewhat invested in making sure that it comes to life. And so this is a really good point about running cost-effective experiments you need to know what the outcome is you're trying to measure. So let's say for instance, you've gone through this, this E101 process, you've decided I wanna make the leap, I wanna take the next step, I think I've got something here. What we're saying is you can go out there, we can show you how to build this really cost-effective you know, $5 landing page that you've got, and we're gonna measure whether or not we can get somebody to say, yes, I would buy that without actually buying it, right? Just exactly. sort of on the guise of doing that. Yep. If you get enough of them at that point, you can either do this pass fail, right? You're either gonna pivot or persevere. 100%. And that's, I know, one of your favorite sayings. You can go through this process and say, okay, I think I've got enough people coming through this. I think I, I understand that I, I've sort of hit the challenge, hit the sweet spot. They want what I have. And now I'm gonna to continue to move forward. 100%. And so 
once upon a time, uh, I got my master's in sociology. And the, the thesis that I wrote on this was that the internet has provided us with all of these new cultures that we're able to access at any given time. And, and it brings people together across the globe, but it's also given rise to a bunch of new cultures as well. One of my favorite platforms for this is Reddit. And Reddit actually allows people to join these subreddits that can be on any subject under the sun. And, and literally, if you can think of it, there's probably someone already talking about it on Reddit. But what it allows you to do is, is tap into these communities. And again, it goes back to your true north statement of, I'm building this for this person and reach out to those people. And, and while I agree that, that finding friends and family to take a look at your things is good, I know that, that I'm way too nice to my friends and family. And, <laughs> and they'll probably tell you that as well. He's, he's such a nice guy, uh, but, but they don't want to give you the actual feedback. And so doing this with strangers is so important. So important. Because you're able to push this out in a different way. And so Reddit now has ads as well, which you can run in specific communities for very, very inexpensively. Um, and that allow you to actually test this stuff out. So Reddit's a great place. I would say Facebook, Instagram, depending on you know the type of product you have. And that's maybe, maybe a conversation for another podcast is, how do I know where the tribe is that I'm looking for? Absolutely. Where can I find them? It does take some, some trial and error and that's okay. That's what all of this is about is experimenting and finding those people. So if we're to, if we're to sum up some of the alchemy points of this, so I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur. I have an idea. I want to turn it into a real life business. Here's some of the alchemy points for you. First and foremost, you need your positioning statement. Make sure that you know who you are, what you want to be and who you want to interact with. How's it going to benefit them? Step two, you can go through the process at your own pace. It doesn't have to be a rush job. You don't have to go through this. You can go through the E101 programming. It takes a maximum five weeks. You'll get to understand what it's like. Step three, you can use the business model canvas as opposed to building out a massive business plan. The business model canvas is gonna allow you to then, in step four, run a bunch of little micro experiments that are going to allow you to assess whether or not you've got any validity into your assumptions. You're going to exactly. test your assumptions across that business model canvas to see whether or not that works. And I think this really brings us back to an important point. Something, a mantra that Adam and I always talk about, and we mentioned it in the first segment, action is always better than more planning as an entrepreneur. 100%. Incredibly more important in the early stages. If you're not getting out there and trying to do something and you find yourself brainstorming at the whiteboard every night without actually putting anything into action, you're doing it wrong. Get out there, be vulnerable, try something different. It doesn't mean you have to go out there and be in front of 100,000 people. You can do it online if you're an introvert. There are ways that you can do this to get out, but take action. That's the most important thing in the early stages. Take it out of your head, do something with it. And I think that's what E101 does really well. The positioning statement does really well. The business model canvas in the very early stages does very well and running these experiments. Exactly. You know, there's something called paralysis by analysis. And it's all too true when it comes to our entrepreneurs who sometimes they'll work on their tech for years without releasing it. By the time they do, the business model's already been used up. Someone else has already gone after that sort of uh, problem and they've, they've solved it and, and solved it well. Um, and so one of the things that, that's really important is getting out there in front of people, showing off your idea and not being married to that idea. And I can't right. I cannot stress this enough because I understand what it is to create an idea, love that idea so much that you want to see it 
walking and talking and alive Adam in the Castle world. Castle is the king of pilots. This guy loves to I can't go a single stuff. day without being like, you know what? I'm going to create this program that takes up all of my hours for the next 60 days. But you have to be able to get out there and test it out and show it to people and not be afraid of what that means. And I think that's really important is if you have an idea and you think it's good, if you're not talking about it, then you're not going to turn it into something. And when you talk about it, it allows you to get feedback, allows you to refine that idea. And so that kind of comes to, I think, a really good point of this idea that if I talk about my idea, everyone's going to steal it. Everyone's going to steal it because I don't. People are not going to steal your idea. You don't have to make anyone sign an NDA to talk to you. That shouldn't be the case. What happens is if you've got an idea and it's innovative, one, they're not going to believe that you can do it, right? It's going to be something that's different. They're going to say, oh, that'll never work. Because if you look at all of the really innovative things that have been created over the last 10 years, it all started with someone saying, here's what I think. And someone else going, nah, maybe not. Maybe that's not going to work. Either that or they're going to dive all in and support you any way they possibly can. You may find a champion that says, what can I do to get this going? And then you know you've hit the sweet spot, right? When people are telling you, you have to create that because I need that. 100%. The best way to protect something new from being stolen is to get it into market (laughs) first. Do it. Get it into market first. There's lots of things that we can talk about with IP. We're actually going to do a podcast that brings in an expert and talks more about this. But at the early stages, try it out. Get it out in front of people and don't worry about whether or not they're going to steal your idea. That happens far less than people think. We should have added this to the myths. And, it's, and definitely yeah, it's definitely a myth. And, and one, of the, one of the things too is the more you get out and do things, the better you're going to be at getting out and doing things. It's going to be crazy scary and feel super weird and be uncomfortable. But after about the fourth or fifth experiment you run, after you test your cost structures and your channels and your customer acquisition, like all of that, you're going to be really comfortable with this. And then if this isn't the idea, but maybe your fifth idea from now is the one that breaks the world, you're going to be so good and you're going to be ready for it. So a couple things. Let's uh, let's sum this up for the people because I feel like we could talk about this for the next 17 hours. Probably. So let's summarize this for you. Number one, action is always better than more. Number two, accountability is critical. Plan your work, work your plan, right? Make sure you have some accountability. Number three, honest feedback. Make sure you're getting honest feedback through running experiments or through somebody that's not your mom. Because your mom's going to tell you you're great either way. Well, I mean, I mean that's, that's different. It's that's good honest feedback, though. It's yeah, good yeah. honest feedback. So a couple of the tangible tools that you can take away from us. We've got the positioning statement, E101, and running cheap, cost-effective experiments, okay? So we want to thank you for joining us on the first edition of Innovation Alchemy. We're pretty excited about this. We hope you had as much fun listening as we did chatting about it. So coming up next, what, what we want to tell you here is this was how we, what, what we wanted to talk about from taking your idea and turning it into a reality. In the next episode, what we're going to be talking about is if you have your company already started, how do you create the growth engine to make that thing scale right up? This is, this is the sweet spot for WeTech. This is the one we're really excited about. This is what we do really, really well. I would say this is what we do best. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for coming on the journey with us. Thank we'll, you. We'll see you next time. Talk soon.